podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Steve Wellings here. Very Merry Christmas to you all. Hope you're having a good Christmas. If you don't celebrate it as well, why not, you miserable bastard? Come on, let's all get a drink. Smidow's enjoying himself over there. So is Andy Patterson. He's poured himself a whiskey, pulled up a chair next to the fire, ready to tell some yarns. Andy, how are you on this very Merry Christmas? Not bad, mate. I've got a nice Glenlivet 12 year old tier double oak. I've seen guys are drinking Dalmore on, on Twitter and stuff like that, posting up the festivities. Um, that's good to see. I'm kind of encouraging the guys to drink some of the finest Scottish pure water that there is, the golden the golden water. So I am all good, mate. Some of those uh, down in, was it six Bilmers now? No, I'm on um, I'm on Bilmers number five. Um, I've not had a drink of the whole of December until today. I, it was going to be tomorrow, but I've gone a day early. And this is the most alcohol I've consumed. I am a, light, I am a lightweight, but this is the most I've had since August in any one session. So I'm on the fifth, fifth boomer. So cheers, boys. So the only person who's going to be talking sense in it is going to be Steve because he's sober. <laughs> well, yeah, but, yeah, but Andy, I don't talk sense, boxing sense when I'm sober, so I can't be any worse when I've had five boomers, can I? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I get, I get that when I get gassed up here, but, you know, just like total nonsense I talk. <laughs> I'm gonna, so I'm gonna be terrible tonight. I really am. I'm gonna bring this. The quality is gonna come tumbling through the floor when I open my mouth. No problem, Smido. No problem at all. There, we we saw you off camera fiddling about in Mrs. Claus's stockings earlier on. She's still <laughs> wearing them. Smido's getting in the in the party mood already. Exactly. No sign of Ozzy yet. I think he's maybe reading that uh, Dave Allen yearbook that he got given earlier on. Uh, well, hopefully Rob will join us as well. Expecting Danny Young. So look in the chat. So he was hanging around. Um, just in the treble figures at the moment, Gerwin Davis is there, so is Kaiser Koba. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep it informal um, on this Christmas special. We're not going to have an exhaustive rundown. We will miss stuff out. And you know what? I don't care. It doesn't matter. Let us know in your thoughts in the chat, if, if you're with us live or in the YouTube comments in the section below, if you're listening after the fact. Uh, yeah, we're not, we're not going to keep it too too rough. We're just going to have a bit of a laugh, I think, on this on this Christmas day. Uh, let's get on to KO of the year, first of all, then, shall we, Andy? I was saying to you boys off air that there's been a few belters this year. There's, the good thing about KO of the year is you often see sometimes these guys in these four-rounders, these six-rounders, these uh, small hall affairs knocking each other out, and they're very impressive. But the great thing about the KO of the year for me this year was there was a, such a lot riding on some of the big KOs. Obviously, the likes of Javonta Davis against Leo Santa Cruz, Dillian White against Alexander Povetkin, the two front runners for me. There was so much riding on them. Dillian White, it came out the blue. Povetkin was looking old, knocked him down twice the previous round. All of a sudden, bang, switches off for a minute. That uppercut comes out the blue. And then in the Santa Cruz fight, he's putting the pressure on Javonta. We're seeing what he's made of finally. All of a sudden, bang, he's lying in the corner. Looks like he's been shot. I'm actually genuinely worried about his welfare. Huge bone-crunching KOs with so much riding on them. I think it's been a great year for the knockout. It's been amazing. Um, you, you like to think maybe the, you know the whole situation we've been going through that's maybe like maybe caused it, whatever or not. But just talking about Santa Cruz, I mean, you know, he got knocked out so bad he's actually want a rematch. Um, it's just actually horrendous stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll start maybe top half of the year now. Uh, Elder Alvarez against Michael Seals, uh, great knockout. Um, I gave you that one against the uh, Mark uh, Urvanov in Russia against the Axel Suleimanbek Ula. Now, this guy actually threw a shot at this guy and basically a home run shot and almost landed him to the stars. It means Steve's going to actually going to rechristen the guy Cosmonaut because that's <laughs> where he almost landed with the bloody stars. And again, we're talking off air now. I mean, it was a rolling back performance and uh, it's actually unbelievable to think this fight was actually in 2020. 
Roman Gonzalez knocking out Kalia you know, the, the the old master just, you know, beating up uh, you know, a champion, basically. He just absolutely destroyed him. Um, one of the weirder ones, actually, I wanted to put this in here because it, it was quite a meaningful fight. Uh, would be Jamal Charles stoppage against uh, Jerwin Rosario with uh, the jab to the body. That was uh, just like it just totally innocuous. And that and the guy's like uh, he looks like he convulsing. He's like he couldn't breathe. Couldn't he catch a breath? Couldn't he catch his second breath? Whatever it was and stuff. Um, Isaac Cruz basically coming out in the first round against uh, Diego Magdaleno, just laying heat on that ass man. Left hooks, uppercuts galore, and Magdalena sparked out in like a matter of seconds, something like something 30, 40 seconds or something like that. Um, the fight last week, Carlos Congora um, really needed that uh, that stoppage actually, considering how the scorecards were going. He was losing that fight on scorecards by the sounds of it, and they uh, pulled it out in the 12th round. But uh, and obviously Joshua against uh, against Pulev, that's a vicious right hand, mate. Is Tony Bell, you would say. Sorry, Anthony Bell, you would say. Anthony Tony died. Yeah. Tony died, sorry. Uh, Anthony Bell, you would say. Uh, it was a vicious right hand, mate. And uh, the referee's basically sitting on his lap, making sure Pulev's you know, out cold before he calls the fight. So he got every respect there as well. Uh, as you say, Davis, Santa Cruz was just horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. A knockout that, you know, off the back of that, you'd always want to say that maybe Santa Cruz should retire. Right to the end of Santa Cruz. He is a four-weight world champion after all. Javonta Davis could be up for fighter of the year, which will be going on to shortly. Just a recap of what's on the screen. Uh, fighter of the year, Bellew of the year. That's basically, we're not, we're not going to go through all the Bellews from the year, but we're going to uh, put forward who's maybe been the biggest shit talker. That could be quite a wide one. Eddie might be featuring on that list, perhaps. Performance of the oh, year as well. Yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye out for a few of them. Upsets, robberies and shit fests. We'll throw them in all together. And then I was saying to Andy off air, one to watch. That's not necessarily a prospect as such, but just somebody you want to watch. Obviously, I'm not going to go for the likes of Tyson Fury or Errol Spence or these guys. It goes without saying. Just somebody you want to keep an eye on in 2021 for whatever reason. Uh, quite the knockouts then, Smido. Ryan Garcia against Francisco Fonseca is one I'm going to throw in. And a couple of hardcore helmet nominations from me on a showbox card. Absolutely brutal, these ones. Janielson Figueroa Boca Chica against Nicholas Flaz. <laughs> and this is definitely worth a look up, this one. Brandon Lee against Jimmy Williams. Brutal knockout. Lee is going to be one to watch. He's only 20. Hits like an absolute mule. Williams took him about five minutes to get him on his stool. That was a dangerous knockout. But it's all about the big one, Smido. Povetkin White, Davis, Santa Cruz, Zapaida Baranchik as well. Probably the front runners for you. Povetkin White, definitely for me. I must have, I've watched that well over 100 times, that little six or seven second clip. It, absolutely fantastic. In a white, it, sorry, in a fight that I thought White was. was borderline dominating to be fair um you know i thought pavetkin looks looks slow and, and quite old and, and and white was winning it quite easily but i was absolutely delighted that is that's the best moment of boxing this year for a casual like me to see dillian white and the i won't say it for the for two weeks running but for the c that he is um i just thought it was brilliant you know all the things that's gone with white the the pay-per-view bullshit the wbc bullshit the turning down fights bullshit and he takes on a 40 nearly 41 year old povetkin um in a fight that he was winning comfortably in my opinion and to be absolutely iced cold was sensational um the last time stop line what a load of shit and the last time that i um woke 
family members or partners was when Marquez knocked out Pacquiao all them years ago. That was in the middle of the night. But on this occasion, the missus had fell asleep. And when that went in, I was watching on my team stream, of course, on my phone in bed. And I woke her up um, with my reaction. It was euphoric for, for, for a casual like me who's virtually out, out of the game. I mean, some of them KOs you've listed there, Steve, for the hardcores, I wouldn't even know who they are if they came and sat in my front room now. But Dillian White getting iced on, on a pay-per-view that none of us had paid for, it, it just filled me with joy. Um, and I hope to God that the rematch either doesn't happen or Povetkin uses this time to lobby the WBC and get himself put in as mandatory rather than Dillian White and he can sit on the shelf for another 1,000 days. Fuck Dillian White sensational knockout absolutely brilliant um i know you mentioned the ryan garcia one um and ryan garcia at the turn of this year as far as i'm concerned and, and many many of the listeners will be concerned was um a social media bit of a social media young knobhead but in mm. 2020 he has proven himself as a real genuine contender um and early very early in 2021 he could prove himself as more than that but in 2020 and with that knockout that you um refer to steve that really put his mark on the on the map. To be fair, as a as a serious boxer rather than just a, a social media personality, so he deserves a shout out as well. But that Povetkin for me was absolutely perfect. Set it up beautifully, like the experienced Olympic gold medalist like he is. Left uppercut, absolutely sensational shot. And I remember saying at the time, in terms of you know anyone that's even been anywhere near a, a you know a, a a boxing ring or a boxing gym and he's done more than me i've done a little bit to a very very shit level um that is a very hard punch to throw land and actually spark someone out with um the lead left uppercut set up perfectly he kind of fainted the right hand a little bit leaned to his side um white was squared up and boom away uh, the way you go it was brilliant in every sense of the word brilliant superb Smido enjoying that one. Uh, Craig in the chat says, Povetkin's KO of the great myth that is Dillian White had me off the sofa. Pavers there as well, enjoying Adam Smith's commentary. The curse of the commentator, Adam Smith was halfway through Povetkin's obituary at the time of the KO. Uh, Kaiser Cobra has admitted he woke up a family member when Gonzalez chinned your fi. Fucking great night. Just before we bring in a uh, friend of the pod, Danny Young, Andy. I was thinking Naoya Inoue's knockout of Maloney was pretty damn fine with the right hand. And also a Shokimura knockout was uh, getting you up in the middle of the night. Yeah, Shokimura he, he knocked out uh, Melito Sabala. Um, great left hook. Um, can I keep some I think, uh, contention at least? He said kind of two world title fights and stuff. It's kind of like went, went against him. A uh, close fight against Tanaka. Carlos Gonzalez, who's a really good fighter, like flyweight. Um, he went a distance for him, lost widely, but um, he really kind of go back in the groove. I think we say Sabolo has actually been in, he's been a world title level at least, and um, just a wee bit like that, a branch it knockout. You know how he kind of goes over on his on his um, on his like his ankle, so to speak, and then on, on his knee. Mm. Kind of summer shot here. Actually, this guy takes a left hook, kind of like falls to the right, collapses right onto the knee. Colin Kaepernick style and just kind of like falls over right on his face and stuff like that. So that was thought was a really good knockout by Shokamura. Yeah, obviously we will go on to Zapata Baranchik later for fight of the year. I mean, it's beyond doubt for me, but the knockout at the end was absolutely brutal. I was saying to Andy again during the week, he went, his leg went one way, his body went the other. I thought he'd been caught by a sniper from the rafters. It was an absolutely belter of a knockout. 
that one. So fair play to uh, Mr. Zapeda for getting the job done. Uh, James Windsor's in the chat. Merry Christmas, he says. Merry Christmas to you as well, James. Somebody's ringing me here. It's all going off. Maybe they want to get on the call. Like a uh, friend of the pod, Danny Young, scurrying down the chimney it's like porky. a rampant elf. It might be Porky, you know. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> oh, God. That's a spanner in the works. How are you, Danny? Save me. <laughs> Good, gents. How are you? Not too bad. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Merry Christmas, gents. Yeah, hope you have a good one. Absolutely. We've got on KO of the year here. Who's uh, dropped a Christmas cracker for you? Who's the, the knockout of the year? There's There's been quite a few, we were saying. Yeah, there's been some glorious ones this year, to be fair, considering the uh, the lack of boxing that has been. But, um, I mean, I have to echo Smido there. I think um, White getting absolutely fucking floored was something beautiful it was it had me out of my seat i think i'm hugged and kissed my mate i was just it was joyous like um i don't think i've had been that excited about a knockout for a long time so probably that's probably my up there probably my number one this year um am i being uh, this this might be dad brain because obviously i've got two young kids and i'm all over the fucking place at the minute but was fury against um wilder earlier this year yeah 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 so, I mean, all right, it wasn't technically a, a knockout, but it did put him down a couple of times. So, again, that, you know, that kind of um, excitement when you're sitting there watching that. And, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't really expect that. So, to see that was um, was pretty impressive. Um, who else is there? I'm just trying to think. You just mentioned um, our man in Japan. Um, oh, my God. Anyway. Um, Inuways was a good finish, but also he knocked him down with the left hook, and the peril was shown yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. He, he, let's 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 be honest. He's, all of his fights, are, are barring that Donair one, are, just show real knockouts, aren't they? They're, they're excellent. Um, so yeah, um, and then obviously, like you say, the Baranchik Sapeda fight was just incredible. Like, I, and I I only saw it the next day after everyone was kicking off a kicking up a fuss about it, saying you've got to watch it, you've got to watch it. So. Um, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm just trying to think of some others because I know that I've seen. A, I've known I've seen a few, few more. Oh, the Javonta Davis one against yeah. um, Santa Cruz. That was incredible. Great knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, probably wasn't as. Uh... After getting put to sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'd be surprised if he's head still in his shoulders. It was fucking brutal. But um, but yeah, I think obviously, like I say, because because the Dillian White one was kind of at home and it was. It was more relevant, obviously, because we're, yeah, it was it was at home, I think, and obviously we was, was wasn't expecting much from uh, Povetkin. So I think that was probably my knockout of the year so far. A few absolute crackers there. Uh, I think Povetkin, White, and um, uh, oh, I've forgotten already. Javante Davis, Santa Cruz are the two front runners for me, definitely. From Santa Cruz onto Santa Claus, expecting Rob Kelly in very shortly. His message is going to be emptying his sack alongside Danny Young, Smido, Andy. And myself, Kaiser Cobra's saying something here. Let's have a look. Uh, imagine when Zapeda got stopped after the shoulder injury to, to Flanagan and someone would be like a serious contender at 140 in a few years. I'd have said no chance. What a comeback. Absolutely. Well done to Jose Zapeda. He's done a great job coming back. Uh, maybe we'll have a comeback of the year later on. We'll give it to Zapeda. Uh, fighter of the year, Andy. We shall move on swiftly. I've got a few to throw in here. Obviously, Tyson Fury, as mentioned, for his performance in the rematch against Deontay Wilder. Tiafimo Lopez going in against... Vasyl Lomachenko, the comeback of all comebacks. Errol Spence defying gravity at <laughs> yeah, M54 by coming back to defeat Danny Garcia. And Javonta Davis as well, really breaking through as a pay-per-view star. Yeah, so, so it's a fight of the year, mate, you're saying, eh? Um, Jamil Charlo, um, I want to give him a wee shout-out. Um, I really think 
really breaking out as like the, the leading star at 154, which was really a division, I think, when we were talking about maybe about 12, 18 months ago, maybe even two years ago, that we were kind of complaining that there wasn't really much happening in terms of, like, see the kind of top guys fighting each other, Charlo and Harris, and at that time, Williams, and, that, and it, finally, we've got, times went by, and we've finally kind of got, got, got a clear champion, Charlo holds three of the belts. Maybe the top ends of the ten, top ten, maybe. I missed that, but you cut out there, mate. Sorry. Sorry, dude. I was going to say, do you think Charlo's maybe sort of sneaking into the top ten of the pound for pound now? Um, definitely. Yeah, he's chat my door. Um, I need to actually go away and have a look at the the, the top ten. I usually go off what the Ring magazine saying. I might be kind of swap things about and stuff, but he's definitely up there. Absolutely. Um, obviously, if he, I think he'll stay there. Obviously, in that as well. I mean, that's where he should be staying. Uh, at 154, if he gets the winner Castanio against Texera, which has been confirmed. Um, undisputed. Um, you know, you got other names. You got Tim Zustall. You got a couple of Kazakhs. Um, maybe a couple of rematches and stuff. But again, I think at the end of the day, because he's a PBC fighter, and that, I think he'll be, you know, where, where the money is. Um, Maxi Hughes. I want to give him a shout out as well. You know, obviously he's not going to get fight of the year type of thing and stuff like that. Maybe get recognition within the British awards at least. Maybe hopefully at some point. But uh, three wins this year. Uh, I think he was one of the first fighters actually come out, kind of fight off the back end of the lockdown. Uh, it was kind of like restrictions were lifted, and uh, obviously that, that one of the Kazakh was you know an ex world title challenger and that as well. So he's got uh, three good wins this year, Maxi. Um, Fury obviously he kind of makes his you know his absolute return, shall we say? Um, I was going to put him down for the comeback fight of the year and that as well. Well, gave him a shout out in that kind of category, but um. For me, it's good to be more Lopez. Um, you know, he, he, he said what he was going to do. We went out and backed it up. And um, I think Elsie's history, I think I think that is one of the top wins this year, Tifimo Lopez beating Lomachenko. Smido, feel free to mention who you want. As I said before, that sprung to my mind. Fury, Spence, Davis, and and then Tifimo Lopez, I'd say, for his victory over Lomachenko, I would also side with Lopez. Yeah, I thought Lopez's win over uh, Lomachenko was excellent. Um, possibly the performance of the year, if not being the fighter of the year, if that makes sense. It's a strange year because most of the guys we're talking about have only fought once. But I've got to go for Fury personally. Um, I've been a detractor of Fury pre- previously. Um, I've questioned a, a lot of things that he's done in and out of the ring. But um, yeah, I don't want people to be revising history. And I had this debate with an AJ casual the other week after AJ had beat Pulev. People revising history in regards to to Wilder's performance or non-performance on that night earlier this year in February. Um, to me, uh, Tyson Fury's win over Deontay Wilder in February 2020 was one of the, the best performances or the best performance of any UK fighter this decade. Uh, or the, Sorry, the decade just, just gone um, for me. I thought he was absolutely fantastic, Tyson Fury. He told us what he was going to do, and he did it. He was it. He was the underdog in the fight, just um, against the undefeated champion. Say what you want about the first fight; I'm disregarding that. Um, and before that night, Deontay Wilder um, had never been knocked down or knocked out. Um, he'd been wobbled, obviously, but he'd never been knocked down or knocked out. And he'd knocked down. He scored a knockdown against every man he'd ever ever faced going into that night, and Tyson Fury absolutely dominated him and knocked him out. And the knockout of Fury, Fury going into that fight, it was like, you know, everyone was thinking it was either Wilder KO or Fury points. 
Fury told us what he was going to do. He had a new trainer, which people like me questioned, and he went in there and he did exactly what he told. He said he was going to do by knocking Deontay Wilder out. He thought he just he blown Deontay Wilder's game plan and demeanor and aura around him regarding the punch. He blown it right out the window. He went straight through him. It was an absolutely brilliant performance from Tyson Fury. I think he's got Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year, and I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And like I say, I've been a detractor of Fury um, on and off. I know I know he's an he's an excellent boxer, and I think he would beat AJ. But he was absolutely awesome that night against um, Wilder, and because it it came pre-COVID, if you like, in February, some people. You know, forget it was even this year. I know, I know. Danny mentioned that he questioned whether it was even this year. That's how funny this year has been. But I thought Fury that night was was fantastic and deserves all the plaudits that he gets. To be honest, he was absolutely brilliant that night on away soil. Um, he's already got a, a great performance, but not not a, not a great spectacle on the eye against Vladimir Klitschko. So in the last ten years, I mean, is there any is there any fighter in the world that's had two better performances? on away soil than Tyson Fury. I don't think so. He's done Vladimir Klitschko. I found it a bit boring. And then he's had Deontay Wilder, where he just went straight through him. I mean, personally, I mean, I know it's easy to say now, but I have said it a few months ago. Deontay Wilder will never be the same again. And now it looks like he might not even ever fight again. And that's all down to Tyson Fury. So fucking fair play to him, to be honest. Fair play. Absolutely. Well laid out there, Danny, from Smido. Uh, the case... For Tyson Fury, I'm starting to believe in the hype there. He's absolutely right. Tyson said what he was going to do, Danny. Went out there and did it against one of the biggest punchers in the heavyweight division of recent years. So um, Tyson Fury could be your fighter of the year, maybe, Danny. Who you got? You there with us, Dan? Hmm. Might be losing him. Can you hear me okay, Andy? Can you hear me, eh? Yeah, I noticed Danny had dropped on and off there a couple of times, so we might have to just slide on uh, skillfully into Fight of the Year while we try and get him back here. Um, Fury Wilder too. Why not throw that one in straight away for Fight of the Year? A uh, bit of an upset regarding the outcome, as Smido said. It was either going to be Wilder KO or Fury on points, but it's got to be Jose to pay it against Ivan Baranchik for me. Going down for fun, just when you thought yeah. one guy was getting into the ascendancy, the other guy came back again, and then a highlight reel, explosive knockout to top it all off again. The commentator was going absolutely bonkers. Didn't go on too long either. It was short, sharp, explosive <clears throat> action, all in five rounds. Amazing fight. Oh, mate, it was, it was something, it was something, a Matthew Sad Mohammed fight. It was just <laughs> absolutely insane. Without the fact is, it was usually Mohammed that was, it was taking the lockdowns and that and then coming back. You know, it was just, oh, I'm, I'm glad they've actually got it as well. And I'm actually going to say at some point when we have a comeback fight of the year, you know, it makes, it's a pay that makes a, you know, an appearance. But, um, I've got no, no problem with that one, actually. I mean, the ending is absolutely brutal. I mean, even if these guys fight against stuff, you tend to think that they've, they've left something in themselves in that in that ring after that fight. That's just it was just incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, notable mentions as well: uh, Zamir Zayani against Alex Del Magani, which was on Channel Five. Some of the Brit listeners that will be able to remember that one where Del Magani's trying to like obviously learning the tricks of the trade, Mexico throwing some elbows and stuff, and gets stopped late. Um, Roman Gonzalez against Israel Gonzalez was, was a, a pretty decent fight. Um, Ty Telford, who fought on, on the undercard uh, on Tim Zoo there during the week against uh, Dara Foley, who a lot of UK and Irish listeners will, will have watched and stuff. It was 
as I, as I mentioned on on the regular show a, couple, a few days ago and stuff, um, Foley gave as good as he got, but at the same time, I think he took a fair, you know, compared to the, like, say, the actual punishment, I think Foley took far more, actually, and I think yeah, that Ty Telford might be worth a wee eye on, actually. I think he maybe have something about him. A decent dig. Um, so, maybe something we can keep an eye on as well. But, uh, I want to throw it in there as well. Uh, Juan Estrada, Carlos Cuadras, a really good fight. Uh, just was what, three, four weeks ago, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know why I put White Povetkin in this fight of the year. I really don't know because White was, I would say, maybe at best three one up before the knockout, and then it stopped. I think it's just, but I think I put it in there because the the knockout was sensational. I think, but uh, without you know, Jose Cepeda, Ivan uh, Branchik, you know, take a bow, and um, whatever they go. They got paid for that fight. It wasn't enough, especially Branchik. Anyway, he never got paid enough for that fight. It was absolutely sensational. It's a shame, really, because Baranchik, as I remember, it was in a really good um, fight with um, Josh Taylor. And as you say, Andy, you feel like both have, both have left something in the ring that night, particularly Baranchik. I think he was in the hospital afterwards. Um, Cepeda's come from a lower weight and kind of, you know, we weren't expecting that power at this, at this higher weight. But some people like the technical fights. Um, but I don't. This this is absolutely perfect for someone like me. Multiple knockdowns, just carnage, just absolute carnage throughout. And and I would agree with you. That is that is easily fight of the year. Easily. Hello, gents. Sorry, can I just jump in now? Absolutely. Uh, so obviously, myself and Andy was at that Taylor Branchick fight. Now he put up a really good show that night, and I thought he was tough as old boots in that fight. Um, and probably did as much as he could to try and win it, but obviously fell short. So that that must have been the best version of him then, because like I really wasn't expecting him to be that bad against Cepeda. He just looked sloppy, uh, hands low and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a fantastic fight and probably, like you say, fight of the year, but I wasn't expecting him to be that bad, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Danny, you just dropped out as well when we were talking about fighter of the year. I threw uh, four names in. You can pick from them or go for your your own man yourself if you want to. Uh, Tyson Fury, Smido made quite the case for him. Tiafimo Lopez, which is the guy I would have sided with. Earl Spence Jr., Javonta Davis, any of those four or anybody else for you? Uh, Lopez for me, I think. I think to um, to beat the man that everyone was talking about. Because um, let's, let's face it, I mean, yeah, like, I... I heard a bit of what uh, Smith was saying about Fury and yeah, we can, we can all agree that obviously he was underdog and things like that. But I think we all deep down knew that Wilder had flaws that, that he could get to. And, and we're obviously we'd seen that in the first fight as well, um, which is probably why I'm swaying towards Lopez more so because we hadn't seen any flaws from, from Lomachenko at any point. And I think just to turn up and be ballsy about it and, and you, you know, you say that you're going to make a statement of things like that and then go out and deliver. And uh, he made he made Lomachenko look, look well, very much second best, maybe even a bit worse than that. So, yeah, I think I think that's 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 a big standout win for me. And, and, and I'm hoping that in 2021, we'll be able to see at least him two or three times against really good opposition and him really kicking on now. Do you know the comparisons you can make between Wilder and Lomachenko? They've both made ridiculous excuses since since, since <laughs> yeah. the losses. Yeah. So, no, no, I'm serious though. I'm serious because that's a con. That is, you know, that is a concern because, like, we can say what you want about Wilder, but but particularly Lomachenko, like, um, 
took a loss in his second professional fight against Salido. I didn't hear many excuses there, although Salido missed the weight, as I remember. Do you know what I mean? And Lope, um, Lomachenko has moved up weight, taken on the challengers. He's been on the way soil. Well, he definitely hasn't been on home soil. Do you know what I mean? So it was a surprise about Lomachenko, but it's a disappointment nonetheless. And Andy specifically said, in the preview um, episode before the Lomachenko fight, I don't want to hear any excuses from either guy. Either guys, it was a top class fight, probably the fight of the year in terms of going into it beforehand. Um, unification, champion, champion, blah blah blah. Young pretender against the amateur standout, blah blah blah. So, yeah, it's a disappointment that that both have continued with the uh, with the excuses after the fight. It, it genuinely is a disappointment. Okie dokie, boys. You are listening to the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse Christmas special. Danny Young's here with us, Adam Smith, Smith, Andy Patterson as well. Tis the season to be jolly. Rapping Rob Kelly's jumped on the call. How are you, Rob? It's the most wonderful um, Doing good. Doing good. Rob, you're in luck. We, we, we've clubbed together to get you a little Christmas present. Uh, you're oh, going to yeah. be Vivian Obanoff's uh, one phone call. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm uh, of course, I'm, one and eight and nine, I can guarantee you that. I'm I'm writing her a lot of letters at the moment, just trying to support her and see what she said. A few flicks back, you know, a few shout outs to the asylum. I'm trying to get to the to the bottom, bottom of all this so I can start writing the Netflix special that's going to accompany, uh, accompany it. So, um, is she getting knocked out of the year? Yeah, she should be. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest win on the box wreck in a while. She's not getting KO of the year, Rob. She might get your KO of the year because the listeners are desperate to hear who you're going for. It's quite the list has been laid out already. Um, I'm, I'm going to not say the Zepeda one because I have that in, in the mix for fight of the year. It has to be for me, Javante Davis, uh, Santa Cruz, or Pavek and White. And yeah. I'm going to go for Pavek and White just for that we were all watching it in the moment and the excitement and the fact that I, for some reason, but two hours beforehand, I had convinced myself and anybody who'd listened to me that Pavek was going to knock Dillian White out. So it was uh, it was nice when it happened. And the way he set the shot up as well, it was absolutely fantastic. And to do it in Eddie's back garden. Evening, Ed. Happy Christmas, Ed. Happy <laughs> Christmas, Eddie. Woo! Um, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think that was that. I mean, Sasha coming back from the Phoenix from the Flames, coming back from the dead to um, to Ice Dillian White was absolutely brilliant, especially in Eddie's back garden. So um, that's my knockout of the year. Uh, just before we bring you in on Fighter of the Year and Fighter of the Year, Rob, Smido wants to jump in on the Tank KO. Go ahead, Smido. Yeah, just on that Tank KO, right? And this is why I would prefer other, prefer the other KOs, White or Perfection, etc., above it. We've got to remember, Santa Cruz was fighting at two two weights above where he should be. Definitely one. Do you know what I mean? And Tank's a bit of a weight bully anyway, and that's why that detracts from that KO. If you like sensational, so it was. We've got to remember where Santa Cruz has come from and where Tank's come from in that little equation. Well said to me, though. Let's go on to Fighter of the Year then, Rob, before we move on with you. I threw in four names. You may want to pick one of these or not. Uh, Tyson Fury, Smido made quite an impassioned case for him. Uh, me and Andy were siding with Tiafimo Lopez, as was Danny. Errol Spence Jr. after his big car crash comeback. Javonta Davis as well. Who's been the Fighter of the Year in this strange year, Rob? It's a strange year. I'm not sure any of them have had two fights, have they? No. Maybe Lopez had two fights. So, um, off the strength of one fight of the year, I'm going to go for the old adage, you got to beat a man if you want to beat a man you have to beat the man and Lopez beat the man didn't he and did it well um completely fucking st- um 
was able to apply his game plan and him and Gamachi and Lopez Sr. after coming up with and impose it on, on Lomachenko. And the interesting thing about that is in the build-up, while, while Lomachenko was saying he was fully fit and he was 100%, they were saying what they were going to do. They were showing bits and pieces of the, what they were going to do in the build-up, which was really, really interesting. So supreme confidence from their side. And sky is the limit for him, man. And like it, it actually helps his stock a little bit that Lomachenko's out complaining about this because... The general man in the street is not buying that bullshit from Lomachenko. I mean, I haven't seen one one person try to stick up for him online or anything. Most people are saying just accept the defeat. But young kid, big prospect, could be a big star, can definitely punch um, and be the top, top technician. So it has to be Teofimo Lopez for a fighter of the year 2020. I don't think there's, there's a strong enough argument for Aaron Spence beating fucking over the hill and on the way down again, Danny Garcia. And the Tyson one's a big win, all right, but it's, I, I suppose it's just, it was a rematch and all that. And I don't know, I, I, I got to give it to, to Lopez, to be honest with you. And fight to the year, Rob, uh, Zapata, Baranchik, be hard to beat. Yeah, fuck me. Yeah, actually, what's it called? A good, a good shout. Not even close to it in terms of excitement, but the, that 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 Foley Ty Telford was a brilliant scrap after. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, and worth the watch from for from a niche uh, boxing fan's point of view. But Zapata Branchek, I actually stuck it on for me dad the other day just to to. He comes up to me once in a while, like so. I had him, I had him watching Zapata Branchek, and then I put on another fight afterwards. And he's eighty two now, like so. He's watching. He doesn't really know who's fighting or whatever. He kind of get, you know, he knows the names, but he wouldn't be keeping up with the sport the way yeah. he used to. Um, but I put another fight on afterwards. Oh, it was um, it was actually Errol Spence, Danny Garcia, and I, I looked at him, <laughs> and he looks at me, and he goes. Not much happening mm. in this one, is there? <laughs> I thought Robbie was going to say this. The zone script subscription is really paying off. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, Robbie, you didn't get Dara Foley for one ninety nine on fucking the zone. <laughs> no, 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 I got it from another guy for three ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, three ninety nine. I'd want fucking Mick Foley. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, that was a bootleg PBC copy I was watching. But yeah, no, the the Zapata branch check was unbelievable, and the finish as well. I mean, I mean, a lot of I didn't see it real time, but I mean, I, I could only imagine if you were watching that live that you would have thought fucking Branchick was dead for a while, like because he wasn't fucking getting up, was he? Like it was yeah. a, it was a long time he was on the deck. So thankfully he recovered. I don't know what that'll take out of both men going forward, but just. Um, a gracious thank you for them for putting on that kind of fight in an otherwise mostly bullshit year for the sport. That was a fucking real standout moment. Brilliant. Well, I can I can illustrate that it was fight of the year because it is the only fight this year in boxing that I have watched twice. Full stop. That's the hardcore stamp of approval there, Smith. Yeah, that's it's the only fight I've watched twice this year. And there's a UFC fight I've watched twice, but we'll we'll brush over that. Boxing is the only fight I've watched twice this year. Full stop. I've watched Wilder Fury a couple of times, I think, at least. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, fair play. Trying to think if there's any I have. I don't know. Uh, Andy, anything from you before we move on? Yeah, if you're just talking about fights, I've re-watched like, re now. Uh, Fury, uh, Wilder. Yeah. Um, I re-watched Kongora uh, when he's fighting against Akhmedov. Um there will be other fights in that as well. Uh, maybe like maybe kind of close fights. It's maybe kind of like can you think of any controversial fights in the cards that I've kind of had to go back and watch? 
Nah, I'm terrible for that, Andy. As you know, yeah, I don't really watch. I know the back it's like the same year. I, I haven't even watched like Phantom Santa Cruz since the night I was there. I never could, yeah. could watch fights. I don't, I don't, I don't, me, me, I haven't even watched Hey Clutch since I was there. And that's you know, I, I watch a shitload of fights. And that's I can't remember everything in that. I mean, fuck. Things I watched, well, that's I fucking forget I even watched them, you know. We've got to remember there's quite a lot of fights that I've not even watched once. <laughs> 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 like, like you're the, the new to Dave Lowback, you are. <laughs> at the weekend, right? A long time, yeah. You came to me and you said you gave me the big introduction. Bido, well, Triple G Friday. Well, I've not watched a fucking single second of I'm it. I'm shocked at you. I'm disgusted at you. You actually, you actually went to New York and watched Triple G fight live. <laughs> well, my recommendation, by the way, because Gonzalez was on the undercard and you didn't even watch oh, brilliant. it, yeah, but and I could, I still now, and I've been on the podcast, and it's four days later. I still now could not tell you the name of the opponent on Friday. I don't give a shit. Like Rob Kelly once said, I've got better things to do on a Saturday night than watch that shit. The darts have gone to your head. But well, I've got the darts on now. Actually, look. <laughs> no, he's promoting his podcast. That's what he's doing. Really well, one thing I've not done is is promote my darts podcast. But if you want me to, Andy, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. To do you just so. did. You just did. You just mentioned it. <laughs> actually, Smido, you not watching the fights reminds me of classic hater Dave moment. Whenever he came on, and he hadn't not only seen the fight, but he projected to imagine how the fight would have gone. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, but like. You don't remember that time he actually gave us full kind of like breakdown of this fight, and then like halfway through it, like like two minutes later, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, but Matty, Matty, the other day, right? When I when Matty hosted, he asked me a question and asked me to compare AJ Pulev to fucking um that um Felix Videjo against and I, and I was like. I've not even watched Felix for day. I couldn't even tell you what weight Felix He believed in you, Smido. He believed in you. Yeah, well, you don't believe in me. That's a, that is a mistake. If you want to believe in me on, on boxing, that's a mistake. <laughs> but if you want to watch, if you want to get the darts low down, Smido on sport on YouTube. I need more than 50 viewers, please. Why you need more than 50 viewers? What's, 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 why? I need to rival. I want to, I want to do more views than Porky's Corner. That's why. What about this guy doing the commentary, Smido Bean? Bean! Yes, Bean might feature in our Bell U of the Year coming up very shortly. Before we do so, brief interlude. Uh, you can't say that uh, we don't support all boxing on the asylum. Let's go on to our women's boxing section. Don't get don't get too down, Smido. I've got the mistletoe in the corner. Let's get some lovely ladies underneath the mistletoe here. Um, here's one for you, Smid. What about Avril Mathy? Is this going to change your mind now, a bit of Avril Mathy? Yes. Is that a ring girl or an actual boxer? Well, that's an actual boxer there, Smid. Oh, I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan. Yeah, she's got red one. Any bird, any bird that's got got better abs than me is out. I'm sorry. <laughs> what about this then, Danny Young? What about uh, fans' favourite? No, I don't Bridges? like her. I don't like her. She pisses me off. She's uh, she, uh, she, well, she's playing at it right. She's obviously got other people on her side and that, but um, yeah, she's trying too hard now. Trying far I'm, too hard. I'd, I'd be too worried about a left hook when I'm on top of her, so I'd be worried. Yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't be too pass. worried from from the footage that I've seen, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, duck, you duck at them back, Scott. <laughs> what, about, what about this then, Andy? Bit of Marlon Esparza? Mm. Looks like Ryan Garcia with long hair, doesn't he? Yeah, I can't hey, hey. that one. Steve's enjoyed the research for this episode, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's got all these pictures. Yeah, hey, I gave him a hand. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think, I think, in fact, it was Andy who came up with this lovely lady. She's getting on a bit now. But oh, here we go. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Bono Tribute Act. Get that face off the screen. I can't stand him. 
<laughs> I'll replace it with this then, wrapping Bob Kelly. This is why I took yours. Yeah. Uh, knockout of the year. <laughs> Contender Vivian Hovind, oh fucking hell, man! Who could have fucking seen it played out like this? We made her a cult hero, and then she went and made herself a fucking villain. You know, sometimes it just doesn't work out like this. This is like Edwin Valero all over again for me, or something. Hey, I don't know. What's... Steve, yeah. just on that picture, what is the name of the Taylor opponent? Uh, Lina Dartu. Oh, I knew you, you. You're good at the names. I think she was the Greek girl, wasn't she? That she fought. God knows, Lina Dartu. Lina Dartu. Never heard of her. Smido, I remember women's boxing back in the Don King era. They don't make them like this anymore. Valerie, my food. Oh, you are winding me up. Just on I'm that totally... topic, actually. I was actually watching something on Prime Day about the uh, American Samoa football team. Uh-huh. They've actually got a transgender playing for them. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I'll be going to boxing soon. Very, I bet she's playing with the men. I bet she is. Steve, I was in a box right for, um, believe it or not, Flanagan's a payder. Forgive me for my sins. Um, and um, Nicola Adams was on the undercard. I'm saying that. I went I went back in and had something to eat. I, I, I'm not interested. Not interested at all in women's boxing. If it was going on in my back garden, I still wouldn't watch it. Damn an indictment from Smido. Let's keep things... We're, we're all about equality here, Andy. Here's one for you just to round things off. Bit of Sergio. Oh, yes. <laughs> Team sex. He is sexy, him. He is oh, sexy. man. Listen, listen. See if, I cut, see, if I, see if there's anything as reincarnation. I want to come back as Sergio <laughs> Martinez, by the way. Come back as his oh, wheelchair. <laughs> mate, uh, listen, I'll come back as his toilet brush just to get a <laughs> moment behind me. Um, I have bitches fucking swinging off me, by if I was Sergio Martinez. <laughs> there we go, boys. Let's remove the mistletoe then, shall we? Had a bit of a laugh there. Let's go on to Bellew of the Year. Uh, let me. You could. Where, where are we going to end? Bell you the year. I'm just getting the bell you, man. Bell oh, you of the year. Hang, yeah. hang on, hang on. Smith, I mentioned it earlier. I think this could be one guy who could be uh, jumping in for bell you of the year. Bean! Could have been, could have been, should have been, never been. Bait bean, creepy bean, beanie, rumple still skin. We're on to you. Smido, bean, is he getting your vote for bell you of the year? Oh God! I, 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 we could be, we could honestly, we could be here for an hour talking about Bellew of the year. Um, yeah, there's been some belters, but Bellew of himself, the continued high level performance in Bellew of the week. Like he, the, the man cannot help himself. He honestly can't help himself. It's every week, whether it's Povetkin and White, whether it's Canelo on the drugs, whether it's Joshua. He started talking about match rumors, we and us, but it's just non-stop. Tony Belton, it's the most aptly named award ever. Bell you of the week. It's superbly named. Thank you. And I am the creator. I'm gonna get that shit copyright, Steve. I need to earn some money running about here. The Anthony Bell you of the week, as it's now now. Yeah, Anthony. I don't want to hear Tony. Tony died, remember. It's Anthony. Yeah, it's gonna be hard, Rob, to veer off course with the main man. You got Tony, you got Bean. What about Anthony. Evening Eddie? He's put in a solid performance, a solid shift this year, old Eddie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie White as well, though, Rob, saying that he was up at the count of eight. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking... I don't know if quantum, quantum physics is the boy's strong point. It's not mine either, but it might have got hit so hard it went back into a fucking time warp or something. Um, hey, 
Bellew, man. Bellew, like, fuck me. If he's not in the SAS show or if he's not on fucking catchphrase or if he's not wanting to be left alone, <laughs> he's out getting caught. It. Like, he's always, he's always, like, he never fucking thinks before he opens his mouth. He gives his opinion, then he gets destroyed online and then someone digs up a fucking contrary opinion that he had about somebody else who just didn't happen to be in the matchroom or to dig up the fucking weight loss pictures that he first posted three fucking months ago and then still tries to say years ago. Oh, man, <laughs> Andy, you know Bell you Bell you and Andy are a mates on Twitter now Bell you and Andy get on nice do you know what I mean I, but anyway, really, I mean, to be honest, he, I, I refuse to follow him because I remember him digging out some person and stuff, like, who follows him and that, and he's like, you follow me, mate, so why are you even commenting? I said, I ain't going to give you the pleasure of my fucking you following me, mate. You don't deserve the likes of me following you, by the way. <laughs> I'm golden compared to him. <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard not to go for Bell. You oh, probably wouldn't to be honest. I mean, listen, you can, you can actually get to Bell you plus Liverpool because the whole fucking city... <laughs> <laughs> After that, yeah, Terry Matthews, yeah, David Price, Terry Matthews. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it, Paul McAllister. I know Paul McAllister, isn't it? I know he listens. I think he still listens, at least anyway. He used to ring in, didn't he, Paul? Oh, what? I, I, I did. You know, remember somebody actually? You know, somebody actually kind of asking him, "Goodness, are you that Paul McAllister on that fucking podcast?" It was a live. I think it was a post-fight live pod or something like that for Joshua or something. I can't mind. Right, mate. She said, nah, uh, uh, next big pod. <laughs> aye, well, yeah. aye, that's what she said. Uh, Kaiser Cobra's in the chat. He's thrown in a couple of bellews that have uh, tickled his fancy this year. Isaac Lowe's rape hands ready. Had me in a bad way. He was up at six like Tony Bellew. Uh, <laughs> James Windsor said, bellew of the year was that female boxer who got done for PEDs, then blamed her husband's cum. Yeah, that's yes. right. <laughs> and Eddie in the NH- NHS seat as well from Eddie. From- Peter Quilling today has been a late uh, a late contender for Bellew the week. Peter Quilling... Uh, Twitter account today has been good. Yeah, Peter Quillen, actually. Let me see if I can find Peter. He's been dropping quite a few details. He was giving about sex and not having sex for three weeks or something to optimise. Yeah, yeah. He said said here, Andy, for the ultimate orgasm, abstain from all sexual activity for three weeks. That is the amount of time it takes for your testosterone levels to peak and boost your libido. They are a bit of advice on the asylum. Impossible, impossible, mate. I told you about my, my issues. <laughs> how, I went, how, how I lost my hair at a, at a young age. Right? No, it's still rampant these days, so I haven't got that problem. I think Peter Quillen, um, he must have been knocking around with Yusef Mack. And, uh, <laughs> and, Ma- and Malik Scott, Yusef Mack, Malik Scott and Peter Quillen have been for a Christmas do today. That's why he's oh, quit. Well. Hey, that's a good shout, Steve. Malik Scott for Belly of the Year. <laughs> he's only fans, do. He's only, yeah, him, and the, him, and the, him and the missus are on the only fans, uh-huh. yeah. I'll tell you what I say that like I've fucking seen it. I just saw that he has one. <laughs> yeah, you're a subscriber, oh, Rob. <laughs> for a walk on a Sunday night, not, he's on OnlyFans on his phone. That was when I figured out that there was something wrong with the game and that I'm just too old now because nice. there used to be a certain skill in getting the fucking pictures, but now you have to just any old fucking fool can pay for them. What the fuck? <laughs> fuck that, I know a lad at work, right? I know a lad at work. Definitely hate me short of shilling, like I'm guaranteeing you that one. <laughs> And I know a lad at work, right, who's got this OnlyFans, but him and his mates have got like a joint account and every week, they, every month they chip in so they don't pay the full amount, but they've all got access and they just chip in a couple of quid each. I mean, it's a good thinking, really. 
Absolutely. Pulling mm-hmm. it in there. Um, Peter Quillen also went on to say... Um, you wouldn't catch me wasting my money on that. I save it for the likes of good subscription services <laughs> like Dezone. <laughs> That's what Kaiser Kobe says, Rob, one ninety nine for the OnlyFans and Rob's all over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff from the boys. Anything from you, Danny? Uh, Johnny Nelson, honourable mention. I'll tell you what, Oscar De La Hoya's had a mayor this year as well, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, I've got oh, a few yeah. more. Um, Mr. Mr. O'Connor has got to get a mention this year oh, for yeah, yeah. numerous fuck-ups. Uh, our friend Tunde Ajay. Um, oh, yeah. What about uh, the Vada Commission for the 25 minutes you spent on that, what was it, uh, reviewing that fight? What, what was that again? Oh, it... Maloney Franco. They got it right, oh, though, Andy, in Welling's estimation. Remember Colombo on the case? No, but 25 minutes to sort it out, though. I actually had to go back. And you put Robert Bird in charge of the situation. Robert fucking Bird. <laughs> Shout out to Lyndon Arthur, by the way, who uh, teamed up with his mate Bugsy Malone, the rapper from Manchester, who fired yeah. a couple of shots at Tunde in a freestyle <laughs> short <of the> week <laughs> and basically says in the song that Arthur beat him on the jab. It was fucking brilliant. A uh-huh. masterstroke from Lyndon Arthur. He's gone up in my estimation after that. That was brilliant. Any more from you, Danny? Uh, I'll always put in Gareth A. Davis. I don't see the point in him. I really don't. Like, he just goes with what other people say and then just just spits it out. It just fucking makes me sick. Um, he would sell um, his granny for an exclusive, by the way. That's the thing. Oh, he's, 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 just, he's just awful, he is. The way he looks, the way he talks, is just awful. Um, no, I can't really think of anything else. No. Yep, shout out to Gareth A. Gary Davis looks like he's in a permanent state of like midlife crisis, isn't he? He just looks that way, man. Like this happy, drippy, fucking greasy-looking motherfucking. Look. It's who he looks like. James May's love child. That's what he looks like. <laughs> James May. Hey, he, do you know since he got on um, zone, he's got worse. Gareth Davis, honestly, he's got worse. He he cannot break down fights. He doesn't. He? he just says, "Oh, he's a good fighter." That's it. He's yeah, just king of hyperbole. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Back to MMA, you cunt. Yeah, fuck off, go with her, Davis. A zone as well. They maybe turned it around towards the end of the year by getting Canelo on, but they've had a bit of a mare. But as I said, I, I do feel for Oscar. He's going on an absolute shitty life path. And this is somebody who went to watch him live all those years ago. Great Oscar fan. He's, he's going on a dark path, I suppose. But shout out to him for Bellew of the Year. I suppose we'll go for Tony, Andy, shall we? But, but shout out. It's got to be Tony, really. No, mate. Yeah. It's got to be Anthony. Not Tony. <laughs> Tony died. Leave my alone. Good old Tony. He's given he's given us so much this year. Congratulations to Tony. Oh, mate. Yep. I listened to 2021's coming around strong and fast, and uh, I guess Tony will be at the front of it again. He knows what he's doing, though, eh? Yeah, he loves, he loves the attention. He does. Okay, let's get sort of semi-serious before we close out for this Christmas special. Rob Kelly's here, Danny Young, Smido, Andy Patterson, alongside me, Steve uh, Wellings. Uh, performance of the year... It's pretty much been covered. You can fly through if you want, Andy. I'm going to go for Tiafimo Lopez. You could yeah. cover this with Fighter of the Year, maybe. Yeah, uh, Fighter of the Year, Performance of the Year, probably uh, Lopez. Um, upsets of the Year. Um, I'll say Maxi Hughes beating John O'Carroll, yeah. I wouldn't say. Well, also beating the Kazakh as well, mate. I thought that yeah. was a really, you know, especially going the road. I mean, he did that in quick, quick turnaround as well. I'm sure the Kazakh can do by, I think he did it in something like was it five to six weeks or something like that. Wow. Um, something along those lines anyway um, Rosario can I add in an upset yeah yep upset of the year I know we don't like women's boxing but when Ozzy called Rachel Ball to beat our, our friend um, yeah 
Shannon Courtney. Courtney. Shannon Courtney. Yeah, that was that was an upset on on Sky's behalf, anyway. So yeah, yeah. she fought me money that night actually. Other upsets, as I said, Rosario against Williams because um, he was unified champ. Rosario kind of gets the belts. Pivetkin quite obviously. Uh, Wang Heng, Matthew Austin getting his first defeat, no longer TBE. Um, Carlos Kangora beating Ali Akhmedov. And mm-hmm. actually, for me, Tio Lopez against Loma. So fighter and upset of the year. Yeah, yeah. The performance, Smido, you made a good case for Tyson Fury. Are you sticking with that one? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I think I would stick with that one. Um, I put in the the note somewhere earlier, but I've just I've just lost it. Um, oh no! I tell you what. Away from Fury, and it's going there's going to be a recency bias about this, but I would possibly go for Canelo. You know, um, I know he was favourite. I know he's expected to win on home soil, but he took the toughest fight available to him again, which he's done a, a, a fair few times in his career post Floyd. He's absolutely dominated. What he was consensus. The best one sixty-eight pounder in in the world. Um, we can say what we want about Callum Smith's resume and pick holes in his performance and Joe Gallagher, etc. But you know, even even us guys considered Callum Smith the best one sixty-eight in the in the world. Ring magazine, etc., etc. Canelo's taken him on and absolutely dominated him. Like I say, it's probably a recency bias, but I think we need to give Can- Canelo props. To be fair. Well said to me, though. Um, good shout on the upset, Danny. Uh, Rachel Balling and Shannon Courtney. I'd forgotten about that one. What about the performance? Would you pick uh, Lopez against Lomachenko or anybody else? Yeah, it's got to be Lom- uh, Loma- uh, Lopez against Lomachenko for me. I mean, like I said, I'd already discussed it earlier. And I think that that was just, um, well, that, that was his kind of breaking out thing, beating the man, you know, that was that was top of the division. So, yeah, yeah, Lopez for me. Rapping well, Kelly, performance of the year and maybe an upset if you want to throw in either or both. Yeah, it's kind of because the stand like 2020 has been relatively shit. Like the standout performances are kind of you know kind of crossing over with each other. But again, it'd be hard to look past Lopez for performance of the year. Upset of the year, I mean, on the cat on the the bookies, Pavekin was a underdog, wasn't he? Uh, so that's a big upset as well. Um, even though it wasn't upset for me, uh, can't really think any any big upsets. Well, who's in the mix for upset of the year? I went for Maxi Hughes Maxi and John O'Carroll. There was yeah. yeah, there hasn't been any major ones, I don't think. No, no, no real shocks like. Unless we're seriously forgetting about. Oh yeah, Kaiser Koba says TJ Dehaney losing against Baluta was a huge upset. Uh, Craig, oh Craig was throwing in about Johnny Nelson's comment for Tennyson with KO Davis. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Kaiser Koba going on about Fat Terry as well. What a prick. Um, so yep, Danny Young going on about Taylor's KO. The lovely little body shot there. On um, Kong Sang, I think it was you called that fella. Right, a few more to go then. Uh, Andy, a couple of things from you. Uh, you were mentioning about a possible comeback of the year. Throw that in if you wish. Also, for KO of the year, you put in that um, Seniesa Estrada against Adkins, the girl who just stood there and got knocked out after seven seconds. The the brutal KO record, that was sad to watch, I thought. That was brutal. Um, I had, had everybody up in arms actually since this last year I actually even fought before. What was her fought? backstory? Because it looks like she was after, she looked like she would have taken in the crowd on the way in to fucking have a fight. Like she literally didn't know what the fuck she was doing, did she? Like she looked oh. terrified before the bell rang and then got obliterated. And oh, I don't know, that was that was fucking shocking. That was you can guaranteed after that fight, in you know, at least a good five minutes, she had no clue what to do afterwards because uh, it was pretty emphatic. If two shots, I think even the first shot she was actually wiped out. Then the first, uh, the first, uh, second shot, sorry, just basically just. Just really put a light suit, really. Uh, come back here. I have got a couple. Not a major, really, but uh, 
shout out to Robert Hilarious. Um, loses to like say George, uh, Gerald Washington in eight rounds. I think he got stopped actually. Uh, Twenty nineteen. Gets a tune-up in Estonia and he comes back and beats Adam Kowarnaki. Basically, he was coming as an opponent, basically. And uh, the WBA eliminator and picks up that gold title. So, he's basically waiting for an opportunity. Uh, Fury beating Wilder. Um, it kind of then completes his comeback, you know, because obviously he should have won the first fight. Uh, beats beats him in the rematch convincingly without question and stuff. So, after like the three years or whatever it was and stuff like that, they kind of finally then come full circle. Um, Zapeda, if you think about him uh, against Terry Flanagan with the shoulder popping out, um, having to fight his way back, um, and that could have easily been been him on the other end, is uh, uh, Branchik, for example. You know, you know, so he went through hell and, uh, to try and get his opportunity. Now he's on the cusp of world title fights and stuff like that as well. So he might get Catrol maybe for the vacant belt if mm-hmm. Taylor maybe kind of goes up. But uh, I've got to go with Errol Spence purely because I, I know we took the piss and stuff like that, but to survive that car crash and then to get in with, you know, a top five like, welterweight in this, uh, in, in, in this era, in your comeback fight, what was it, nine, ten months later, whatever it was? It was about just long. over a year later, just wasn't over it? A year, just over a year. Um, it, it takes some doing, so I've got, I've got to tip my hat to him actually because... Um, could have easily, could have easily went the totally or the wrong way. Could have been killed. Could have been beyond injured. Um, but he's somehow, grace of God, he's got through it and he's come back. Yeah, could have easily took some tune-ups, but now he's come back, defended his belt, he's made the weight as well. So that shows uh, professionalism, a wee bit of dedication in that as well. And I think it's been a coming Jesus moment for him actually. Can I say? Yeah, this is this is my time now. I need to kind of sort myself out. So hopefully, he kind of keeps in the kind of straight and narrow. And we get that Crawford fight next year. Flying through them, boys, before we finish off then. Smido, starting with you. If you can think of any robberies or ship fest, throw them in now. I'm going to say robbery. Gabalo beating Rodriguez uh, actually a couple of weeks ago or la- last weekend, in fact, was a bad one. Natasha Jonas getting the raw end of the deal, possibly, against Natasha Harper. A couple of ship fests as well. The Martin Murray Beach. Who's Natasha Harper? Oh, sorry. Did I say Natasha Harper? Belly of the week for me. Uh, Terry Harper, Harper, sorry, against Natasha Jonas. And uh, Martin Murray against Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, Belly of the week for us for doing a post-fight pod for that one. And Michael Seals against Ella de Alvarez. Amazing knockout. The fight was absolute dog shit until that point. Any robberies or shit fest there, Smith? Um, I can't really contribute on robberies, although um, I think the word or description robbery is used um, far too often nowadays, to be honest, to fit people's agenda. I know it was it didn't happen in 2020, but if you see Callum Smith versus John Ryder, that that wasn't a robbery. It might have gone the wrong way, but it wasn't a robbery. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, robbery. I'm not great. Shit fest. There's been a few normally matchroom related. Um, a couple of the uh, back garden or whatever that was called fight camp um, cards were absolute shit. Um, and I think the AJ, I think the AJ undercard of recent recent weeks um, deserves some stick. Um, yeah, even with even with the withdrawal, the unfortunate withdrawal of Lawrence Okoli's opponent, which they couldn't do anything about. Whoever sat round a table and decided that an AJ pay per view at twenty five pound in the year that we've had the last pay per view of the year, etc., etc., who thought whoever thought it was acceptable for Huey Fury and Lawrence Okoli in separate fights to be on the same undercard is absolutely off their head. So that is a shit fest for me. 
Uh, same to you, Danny. Uh, Luis Ritson against Miguel Vasquez being thrown in by Craig in the chat there. Any robberies or shit fests you want to call out? Um, who was the guy that came over and lost to the Geordie fella? Sorry, my name, names escaped me right now. Um, you got done on the cards on, on the Are you referring to Luis Ritson against Miguel Vasquez? Yeah, that's, that's what, the that's one. Yeah, Craig. yeah. Yep. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. So that that was the worst one for me. It was awful. It was it was the complete wrong result. And the the fact that the uh, Ritson kind of almost celebrated celebrated the win at the end of it was disgusting. So yeah, that one for me was it actually saying that. Did he get done by O'Hara Davis earlier this year, or was that the year before? That was the year before, I think, and it was a bit closer as well. I think yeah. All right. Okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. Uh, yes, Miguel Vasquez getting robbed on UK shores, rapping Rob Kelly. Any robberies or shit fests? Trying to narrow them down if you can. You were on the Billy Joe Saunders Martin Murray post fight pod, of course. You've forgotten about it already, Rob. He's disappeared. He's had enough. Don't blame him. I don't think I don't think you get top. Uh, sorry, I don't think you get top. Uh, Martin Murray Saunders for uh-huh. shit fests. Like, what a shit fight. Like, one of the worst fights I've ever watched and sat through and had to talk about afterwards and probably wouldn't have talked about it if we weren't doing a post-fight pod. Apologies. <laughs> one of the worst fights I've ever seen. So bad. Such a bad performance from both of them. I mean, Murray had nothing left. Billy Joe Saunders should have stopped him after three rounds and then gassed out in terrible shape, terrible nick, and a terrible way to end off 2020 watching that shit. So thankfully we had some redeeming fights this weekend because that was very, very bad. I just want to kind of give a jump in there as well about the Russian yeah. situation. Um, I mean, the commentators as well, you know, they had the uh, Vasquez winning that fight pretty comfortably. Uh, and just to kind of see that card, but what he was, it, I think it was like 117, 110, or 111, I think it was for, for Lewis Ritson. Absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely shocking. Um, I think even I might have watched that fight on the zone feed as well. And uh, Nick Holland actually had Vasquez winning, winning a couple of early rounds. Um, so maybe we shout out to Nick Holland as well uh, for Bell of the Year because he's, he's still, even though he's not doing uh, normal sky and that, he's still kind of crop up in the zone and he's still doing and talking awful shit. Uh, Kaiser Kerber's throwing one in. He says, what about Rosado versus Jacobs was so bad. I never watched it. I'm with you there, Kaiser. It was bad. Also, Devin Hay and his performance against New York is Gamboa. I think, especially considering they put Gamboa in there. He's old, he's slow, he's fat. They wanted him to knock him out impressively and sort of get one up on Javonta Davis. And he put in that absolute sparring session performance. That was a shit fest for me, especially they're talking about this guy as the new Mayweather. Right, let's move on to the final section then, boys, before we finish up in this Christmas special. One to watch for 2021. Doesn't necessarily have to be a prospect of any description, just someone that you're looking forward to keeping an eye on. I know we're quite high on Virgil Ortiz, Andy. You can pick him or whoever you want. I'm going to go for Brandon Lee. Mentioned him in KO of the year earlier. He's only 20. Absolute banger. Rewires opponents. He's not necessarily going to break through, but I'm going to look forward to his fights. Hopefully they'll get him out two or three times and we can see more of that lovely KO power. Who's your one to watch of any description, Andy? Um, oh, as I say, I'll give you some names and stuff. There is fighters I want to see more of, like Yoka, for example, uh, Berlanga. Um, these guys need, need more tests. Ortiz, I'm going to leave off the list this year. I think he is the goods, and he's going to prove it next year if he can get the right fights. Jerome Ennis, obviously, in that as well. 23-year-old, three fights this year. Um, really on the cusp as well. Really good amateur background. Gongora, I want to see more of him. Uh, Dennis McCann, 
need to see him we step. I know he's only 19, but if he's good as what they say they are, maybe we up we upgrade in class. Uh, rushing, it was talking about heavyweights a few weeks ago and that as well. You know, we need to kind of like fresh blood in the class and that. So I'm going to shout out to kind of Victor Vikhurst, who goes under the name of kind of Victor Vost. He's 28. Um, he beat Camille uh, Zolowski um, a couple of weeks back. He's beat Fraser Clark in the amateurs and stuff. 28 year old. Decent looks, looks good, looks a uh, good combination puncher, decent power, and that. So, maybe we can uh, want to watch Tim Zoon actually as well. Uh, want to see more of him, but uh, my, my my guy for this year, oh, sorry, for next year at least, uh, to make the breakthrough is going to be doing it light flyweight. Um, and he's, he's going to go on weight as well, but at the minute, he's at 108. Jesse Rodriguez, he's only 20 year old, light flyweight at this point, mm-hmm. ranked number two with the WBO, but um. For me, at least, I think he has got all the comings of being the next type of kind of Gonzalez southpaw as well. So, at this point, I don't know if he's going to get a title shot against Soto and that, but the fight at some point is going to be Ken Shiro. But I don't know how his situation is. He's like he's only had something like 11 fights, 10 fights, or whatever it is at this point. Um, and I don't know if he's going to be staying at 108 for. For how long? Because they can differentiate. They can go up for like the flyweight for a tune up fight. They come back down for a title fight or for a sanctioned body fight. I don't know, but it's uh, definitely one to watch. Um, I think his future will, will lie at flyweight. But uh, Jesse Rodriguez at the minute at 108, I think he is the hair and waiting. Um, so him against Ken Shiro would probably be the fight. But you got Canazales as well to be to be made plus Soto as well. So. Yeah, Rodriguez, from what I've seen of him, does look really good. Uh, Craig's throwing one in that I'm looking forward to seeing more of Jerome Ennis. I think Jerome Boots Ennis, as he calls himself, is going to be a really, really good fighter, possible future pay-per-view star. Gerwin Davis says, Alan the Savage, Babich, lol. James Winder says, Frank Sanchez. Sanchez could be an interesting opponent at some point, maybe against Ortiz or somebody in the heavyweight division. What about you, Smido? Who are you going to be covering? Well, maybe Triple G, one to keep an eye on for 2021. Well, I mean, hardcores like me keep an eye on Triple G every year. But no, I'm going to go for um, for Conor Ben. Um, again, a bit of a recency bias to it. But I think he uh, put in a good performance in a, in a good matchmaking for his last opponent who didn't who made him look good, as it were. But I think it was more the his attitude um, before and after the fight, really, that got even people, people like the um, contributors to this podcast taking note of him in terms of... Um, he was quite straight, quite straightforward in his um, in his post-fight um, interview. Called out um, that Ke- that Josh Kelly fella. So, uh, or that I've got that. Is that right? Is that his name, Josh Kelly? Yeah. Yep, Josh Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I get. Uh, yeah, I get uh, the my Josh's mixed up, Kelly and Taylor. But yeah, so yeah, I think um, Conor Ben won a few fans um, in the ring. He's obviously made improvements. Possibly isn't going to win a world title. But as I said at the time, not every fighter can win a world title. But he was quite forthright in his interview afterwards. Um, I think he's going to be an entertaining fight. Um, and he's one he's one of few matchroom fighters that I would be on board with personally. Like I say, he's not, he might not be a world beater, but um, he's going to take the challenges. Um, he's, he's, in it, he's in it for the, for the right reasons per, from a personal point of view. So, yeah, good luck to him. And I do look forward to seeing his fights, win, lose or draw. I think he'll be in in some entertaining scraps and hopefully um, he can get in with Josh Kelly if, and it is a massive if, Kelly gets past Avenetian in early January. Well said, Smido. Looking forward to seeing Conor Ben progress. He did impress me after that win over four. Miller, Danny, anyone that you're going to be keeping an eye on? One, two, three or more? 
Yeah, so the big one for me, well, there's two of them, certainly, but the McKenna brothers, um, more so Stephen McKenna because of what I've seen of him recently. Um, I think he's just fun to watch, plants his feet, big, heavy shots. Um, obviously, he's out in the, uh, coming, boxing out the wildcard gym, so he's got Freddie Roach giving him some guidance and stuff like that. Um, I definitely think he's he's that's something to keep an eye on, and I'm hoping that because um, I've quite enjoyed uh, Fat Mix cards recently on on mm. Channel Five, even though some of them have been like you know um, delayed um, uh, highlights and things like that. So if he was to get Stephen McKenna actually on live um, a few times next year, I'd, I'd quite enjoy that. It'd be quite good. Um, the other, only other ones to, from me is um, Tim Zoo. I want to see him almost kind of uh, make America his home and try and get a couple of big fights over there with some names. And then the only other other thing is um, I'm, I'm very much interested in what Liam Williams does next year. Um, if he gets that, he's just chasing the boo-boo fight, isn't he? And, and I can see him, I can see him, Liam Williams, ending boo-boo, if I'm honest with you. That's my personal opinion. I think Liam Williams is a, a tough fucker and he comes forward and he, and he throws some really heavy shots. And I don't think uh, Mr. Andrade is uh, is ready for that kind of fight. So um, I'm hoping, yeah, William Williams gets that fight sometime next year, and we can uh, they can take a rip that title from him. Excellent stuff, Danny. Thank you very much. Yeah, you mentioned the McKenna brothers there. Just from an Irish perspective, a couple of guys I'm looking to, forward to watching progress. Fergus Quinn, 24 year old, the mighty Quinn. A puncher at middleweight could be involved in some very exciting scraps. And I'm a big fan of James McGiven as well. I think he's very talented. He's going to be one for the future. Anybody, Rob, that you're going to be keeping an eye on specifically in 2021? Yeah. Oh. Go on, Rob. I can hear yeah. you. I can hear me. Sorry, the mute button's like, no. Um, yeah. yeah, I like uh, the kid Donovan that Andy Lee has. I like the look of him so far. Um, I think it's going to be a big breakout year for Ryan Garcia. Um, love him or hate him, I think he's a good fighter. Um, I'd like to see what he looks like in his Campbell fight. If he beats Campbell emphatically, then he's arrived and they got to get closer to that uh, unification showdown in the lightweight division. Uh, Monte Davis is hanging around there. I know he's not, not new or whatever, but it's going to be a big breakout year for him. Quite like the look of Chris Colbert um, and Jerome Ennis, actually. I'm skeptical of guys with too many tassels on their shots. You know, can't always live up to it. Just, if those fellas kind of have their plateau a lot. It's just a, fucking, it's just a trend. You have to watch it. So um, don't know where they're going to go, but I'm inter definitely interested to see where Ryan Garcia goes. And of course, a uh, little known guy by the name of uh, Logan Paul. Yeah, who's coming out? I don't know if you've heard of them guys. Uh, Logan Paul, two and oh, uh, big time boxer. Him and his brother Jake Paul going to take over the sport, sport of boxing in twenty twenty one. Smart investments, Bob. Smart investments. Yeah, well, Floyd is going to fight. Uh, who's Floyd fighting? Is Floyd's fighting Jake Paul, isn't he? And then he's going to fight Logan Paul, and then he's going to trip, finish it off with a fight against the Pope John Paul uh, on pay per view live from the Vatican afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> on the zone <laughs> good stuff lovely job right as we finish up then boys uh, I'm going to give everybody a chance to say their goodbyes and anything they want to add in starting with you Adam Smido Smith great year for you put in a solid shift we've uh, enjoyed having you on and a lot of love from the listeners as well not specifically for you for everybody on the pod Smith we've, we've enjoyed having you long mate continue <laughs> I don't really know how to react to that, Steve. I mean, caveated it well there by saying 
not particularly for you, but for everyone, because <laughs> there's no fucking love for me. Um, but no, in all seriousness, um, the guys who've kept it together this year, um, the regulars, they know who they are. It certainly is not me, um, and particularly to you, Steve, because it is, it is um, you know, practically a part-time job doing the hosting. Um, I know, I know, I know you're, um, I know you'll downplay it, but it is, it is seriously um, a, a big uptake in, that you take on with the values of the week, the scheduling, the guests, etc. Um, you do the, the, there's a bit of a team effort from on the guests. Ozzy does a good job on there as well. But yeah, just for the the regular contributors, well done. Um, and thanks for the listeners. Um, it was only qu- in the recent uh, few months that I've introduced myself to the um to the comments during the live the live show on YouTube, which is an absolute cesspit. Um, and I've quite enjoyed it. So yeah, fair play. Um, it's been a tricky year for for most people. Um. And most sports, but hopefully in 2021 we will get at least two or three of, of the big fights we won. I think we've already got um, Estrada and Roman Gonzalez signed. Um, say what you want about Roman Gonzalez's age, but that's a brilliant fight in the first quarter of next year. Hopefully we get AJ Joshua. I personally think we will. Um, Spence and Crawford is unlikely, but something we can hope for. Um, so yeah, plenty to look forward to next year. So. Yeah, just a thanks to you, Steve, the the um the the regular contributors, which does not include me, and the uh, and the regular listeners. So thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Adam. Same to you as well. Of course, we couldn't do this without our glorious Patreon subscribers over on patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. Keeping the lights on, keeping things ticking, guys like Danny Young. Uh, thank you for your support over the year, Danny, and for coming on. Hopefully a better 2021 awaits for us all. Yeah, no. Um, look, I'm, obviously, I'm. I only come on as as and when I can, and you know, um, do my little bit when you have post fight pods and stuff like that. But look, you know, um, I'm talking on behalf of all the listeners and the Patreon subscribers. You, you guys do a great job. Um, that's why we all listen in, and that's like you know, that's why we our Patreon subscribers pay the money that we do. Um, so yeah, big thank you to you all. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully you all have a good Christmas, and then hopefully in the new year at some point we can get some fans back to boxing because um, I've I've probably missed out on at least two fights where I've had tickets um, this year and sadly not been able to go. So um, yeah, I hope hope something something turns the corner soon and we can get back out, have a few beers, and meet up and and watch some good fights in, in the future. Well said, Danny. Thank you for coming on. You are always welcome. As with our stalwarts, the rocks of the pod. Starting with rapping, Rob Kelly. Good to have you on, Rob. Looking forward to some big fights for next year. Maybe a Martin Murray, Billy Joe Saunders 2 post-fight pod coming soon. This time it's personal. Um, <laughs> maybe we can get, what's his name, back on again. <laughs> Who's the guy that came on in one of the post-fight pods? Oh, uh, Rap Star UK rap or something. Star, yeah. The Rap Star back for that Whatever one. Whatever happened to Pigeon? <laughs> Pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> no, on a serious note, look, at I mean, you know, we stuck with it throughout the lockdown and I know we got loads of tons of messages from people saying that we helped them and that during the lockdown. Like, you's helped us too, like, you know what I mean? Because if you weren't listening, I don't know, like, we're just a bunch of lads talking shit about boxing. We don't have any agendas. We don't have any mates in the sport or whatever. That's why the content is the way it is. But definitely we couldn't do it without all the absolute fucking headbangers in the chat and the Patreon subscribers and the ones who just log on to fucking give us a bit of grief. Um use help us as well so yeah it was really good to to do the pod and like like i said that helped us i mean we were killing time as well we couldn't go anywhere we were doing punches from the past we were enjoying ourselves reliving old fights and stuff so 
Um, yeah, it's definitely mutual and that. And happy Christmas to all the listeners. You miserable bastards who wouldn't even fucking spend one ninety nine like I do on the zone <laughs> in the fucking super chat. Fuck me. <laughs> and happy New Year's. Support the pod, says Rapping Rob Kelly. Shout out to everyone on Craggy Island. Might be flying in the super chats shortly. Andy Patterson, thanks for having, thanks for being with us as always. Couldn't do it without Andy Patterson there, delving into the archives, keeping us running every Sunday evening. Uh, is the whiskey finished, first of all? Is the, is the fire still crackling away there, Andy? Yeah, plenty of whiskey left, mate. If you see my cupboard, there's plenty of whiskey. Always will be. Um, yeah, I was going to force said, but the boys have said, I can't I really add much more, actually. Um, done our bit. Thanks to Steve, um, everybody else, listeners. Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. If you didn't believe in Christmas, and Happy Holidays, um, and fuck the politicians. That's all we can say. Um, hopefully, we can get back. I mean, look, I, I, like everybody else, I, I need to get out, and it's, uh, it's getting fucking hard going sometimes. Actually, but uh, hopefully next year we can get out to fights, some events. Yeah, fuck the lockdown. And uh, I tell you what, I was ready I, to overthrow right the government now. today. <laughs> oh God, we, until I found out you can still you, still exercise in groups of fifteen outdoors. We'll hold the fucking hold the revolution for the moment. Don't, don't tell me you were back down at the four courts trying to fucking commit fucking treason again. <laughs> I was I tell you, it was that bad. If I could if I could if I could have done a deal with the loyalists today to get us out of lockdown, I would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on that on that point, we'll end it. We'll end it there. We'll end it there. Yeah, I think we'll end it there. <laughs> Share it to everybody. Thanks very, much. Thanks very much for all the boys who came on. And and as Smido rightly says, everybody who did episode four hundred contributors, the guys like Ad Isaacs, uh, John O'Donovan, Take Ames, who threw that those mad amounts of money. The people like Daniel Adams, Jason Cheel. They want to start giving individual names, obviously, with those guys who put so much time and effort and money and everything into the podcast. It's amazing. I'm going to finish off with one very short, very short story because. Rob reminded me of something. I don't know if I told this before on the pod. The hardcores, hardcores will remember this. When Rob mentioned about that girl, I think it was Estrada, winning a ticket in the crowd and coming out to the crowd for a fight. That has actually happened before in the past, actually. Long-time listeners might remember, way back in 1993, Tommy Morrison was due to defend his WBO heavyweight title against a guy called Mike Williams, who was a Golden Gloves champion, had knocked down Mike Tyson in sparring, decent contender. Mike Williams refused to come out of the dressing room on fight night. So Bob Arum, ESPN, going round trying to find an opponent. Turns out 34-10 and 10 journeyman Tim Tomaszek was in the crowd eating hot dogs and drinking pop. Next thing he gets pulled into the into the ring. Defend, Tommy Morrison defends the title against Tomashek, wins by retirement in round four. I don't know if any of you boys remember that in Kansas City, Missouri, nineteen ninety-three. If it had been me, I would have retired after round one so I didn't get cut. <laughs> like Tommy Morrison. <laughs> Fuck that. There you go. Tim Tomashek coming out of retirement, Andy. Uh, coming out of the crowd, in fact, to fight Tommy Morrison in nineteen ninety-three. So you never know your luck. You might get dragged into the ring sooner than you think. I remember something happened. No, it was the McDonald's. It was someday I remember being in the in the, in the arena one night, and I actually had to go and get something to go and fetch a gum shield in the UK. Was it Johnny Greaves? Maybe maybe Johnny Greaves. I think Johnny Greaves used to kind of like gum shield bag will travel and that. But yeah, there's a lot, lot of lot of stories like that. Lovely stuff. Thanks to the boys. Thanks to Danny, Rob, Andy and Smither. I've been Steve. We'll catch you again at some point in the new year. Thank you for subscribing. Merry Christmas to you all, and bye. Happy Hanukkah. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.